I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Brought to you by Sherm, a better workplace, a better world. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Stocks get a lift after China eases its strict COVID protocols. Banks boosted dividend payouts after acing the Fed's stress tests. ECB President Christine Lagarde says rates are going higher. And the January 6th committee adds a surprise hearing later today. It's primary day in New York and six other states. Plus, it is sentencing day for Ghislaine Maxwell in the Jeffrey Epstein sexual abuse case. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. Another comeback win by the Yankees. And Kyrie Irving is opting in with the Nets. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 24 points, Dow futures up 200, and NASDAQ futures up 72. The 10-year Treasury down 132nd, yield 3.20%, and the yield on the two-year, 3.11%. NYMEX crude oils up 1.5%, up $1.58 at $111.15 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 2 tenths percent, or $3.90 at 1828.70 an ounce, and the euro 1.0591 against the dollar. Nathan. Well, Karen, the lift we're seeing in stocks this morning comes after China made a major shift to its COVID-19 policy. China's cutting its quarantine period to 10 days from up to three weeks for inbound travelers. We get more from Bloomberg's John Liu in Beijing. The significance is the amount of uh, cross-border travel, the amount of business people coming in and out have been greatly reduced since the pandemic, largely because of that 21 days of quarantine people would uh, potentially have to do when they come in. This is a substantial reduction. It's uh, half of what it used to be. Uh, not only is it for travelers, it's also for people who uh, come into close contact with a uh, with an infected person. And Bloomberg's John Liu says Asia's stocks erased losses to climb for a fourth session. Tourism-related shares led the gains. Well, Nathan, U.S. futures are also getting a boost on China easing COVID restrictions. Yesterday, stocks started the week on a losing note. But Aaron Kennan, chief executive at Clear Harbor Asset Management, says there are some optimistic signs for investors. We are seeing some light at the end of the tunnel, and I know it may not be uh, in vogue to suggest this, but um, inflation metrics such as, you know, for example, copper down 24 percent, nickel off 50 percent. I was looking at shipping rates. They're down dramatically over the last couple of months. Aluminum's off 35 percent, iron ore, wheat, you, you know, even even oil's off double digits right now. 
Clear Harbor Asset Management CEO Aaron Cannon still recommends investors be cautious. Now, so does Goldman Sachs, Karen. That firm strategists say U.S. profit margin estimates are too optimistic, and that will put stocks at risk of more declines when Wall Street analysts downgrade expectations. The Goldman analysts expect aggregate margins for S&P 500 companies to remain flat in 2023, even if the economy doesn't contract. They say the risk is lower for the 10 biggest companies on the index, which account for 19% of its earnings. Well, Nathan, bank stocks are higher in early trading. They boosted dividends following success in passing bank stress tests. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Bank of America announced a dividend increase while Morgan Stanley boosted its payout while saying it will repurchase as much as $20 billion of stock. Morgan Stanley boosted its quarterly dividend to $0.77.5 cents a share from $0.70. Cents. Bank of America's payout climbs to $0.22 cents from $0.21. Cents. State Street Corp. and Truist Financial also announced dividend increases. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. This morning, shares of Nike are down more than 2% in early trading. As Bloomberg's Doug Krisner reports, the company offered a downbeat full-year forecast. The sportswear company said gross margin will be flat to down 50 basis points, and revenue is expected to grow this fiscal year by 1% in the low double digits. Nike is also being cautious on China. In the last quarter, sales in the greater China region fell 20% at constant currencies. Nike still views China as a long-term growth market, and the company will continue to invest in the region. Even with that China weakness, overall revenue for the last quarter beat estimates, and Nike's board authorized a new $18 billion stock buyback program. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. We now turn overseas where the European Central Bank's annual forum in Sintra is underway. In her keynote speech about an hour ago, ECB President Christine Lagarde said rates are going higher to combat inflation. In July, we intend to raise our policy rates for the first time in 11 years. And we have provided some guidance for our September policy meeting and the rate path that we envisage thereafter. ECB President Christine Lagarde signaled the July rate hike will be a quarter of a point. Well, later this morning, Karen, President Biden heads to Madrid for a three-day NATO summit. He'll be leaving a G7 gathering in Germany that's been dominated by Russia's war with Ukraine. G7 leaders accused Russia of committing a war crime with an attack on a Ukrainian shopping mall that left at least 18 people dead. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is also condemning the attack. Only terrorists who have no place on earth could strike on such a location. This is not a mistaken missile strike. It is a calculated Russian strike on this shopping center. President Zelensky addressed the G7 through an interpreter. As the summit wraps up today, leaders are expected to announce they'll begin exploring a price cap on Russian oil and gas. Well, back here at home, Nathan, the January 6th committee has quickly added an additional hearing. It's scheduled for today. On Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. A bit of a surprise. The committee signaled last week, though, that it had obtained new information, and it obviously thinks it is important enough to change the schedule like this. Sources say it will center around information from documentary filmmaker Alex Holder about footage he has of Donald Trump after the election and leading up to the assault on the Capitol by his supporters. It also has interviews with family members, including Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, and Eric Trump. Holder also says it has never-before-seen footage 
of the insurrection attempt at the Capitol. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are up 24 points. Dow futures up 203. NASDAQ futures are higher by 75 points, and the 10-year Treasury yield is 3.21%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 67 degrees in Central Park. Still got construction on the southbound Van Wick from Hillside to Atlantic Avenue. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Seven states, including New York, are set to host primary elections today. The first elections since last week's Supreme Court ruling eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion. The slate of nominating contests could offer the first clues as to whether the political landscape has shifted. For the Democrats, New York Governor Kathy Hochul faces Tom Swasey and Jamani Williams for the gubernatorial nomination. Rob Astorino, Andrew Giuliani, Harry Wilson, and Lee Zeldin are running for the GOP nomination for governor. A judge has blocked New York City from letting non-citizens vote for mayor and other municipal offices. Republicans challenged the measure as unconstitutional, and a Staten Island judge agreed with the GOP in the ruling. The law supporters said it gave an electoral voice to many people who have made a home in the city and pay taxes but face tough paths to citizenship. It is the latest tragedy to claim the lives of migrants smuggled across the border from Mexico to the U.S. Forty-six people are dead after being abandoned in a tractor-trailer on a remote back road in San Antonio. Sixteen people were hospitalized, including four children. San Antonio Police Chief Bill McManus. A worker... Uh, who heard a cry for help, came out to investigate, found a, a trailer with the doors partially open, uh, opened them up to take a look, and found a number of um, deceased individuals inside. Chief McManus says three people have been arrested. At least three people are dead after an Amtrak train hit a dump truck in rural Missouri and derailed. This man was a passenger on board. Seats were coming apart. Bags were going everywhere. Um, and then you know, after it stopped, you could smell the, the, the fumes. And so people started panicking, thinking it was going to catch fire. So we tried to get out as quick as possible. Federal investigators will be on the scene today. Ghislaine Maxwell will be sentenced today in New York for helping the wealthy financier Jeffrey Epstein sexually abuse underage girls. Maxwell's lawyers have asked the judge to sentence her to no more than five years, while prosecutors say she deserves at least 30 years behind bars. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stash. Good morning, Nathan. A near upset in the Bronx. Yankees have the best record in baseball. The Oakland A's have the worst. And yet the A's got to Jordan Montgomery in the third inning. Scored five times and led five to one. Sure enough, back came the Yanks. A bizarre seventh inning when they were helped by two catcher's interference calls against the A's. Sean Murphy, Jack Donaldson, Jose Trevino with two run doubles. The Yanks scored the last eight runs. They won nine to five. Not quite the emotion of Sunday's comeback win over Houston, but Aaron Boone was still pleased. The good one coming off a, you know, obviously a high energy, intense series. You know, come out here and get a little rain early. Um, I, I thought our energy was good. And, uh, 
And obviously a great finish. And the Yanks are 32-9 and at home. Astros still in New York. After that split in the Bronx, they play the Mets tonight. The feeling was things were not good between Kyrie Irving and the Nets, and so Irving was going to pass up $37 million for next season and become a free agent now. Perhaps there wasn't as much interest as he expected. Irving is opting in. He could still be traded. Nets GM Sean Marks hinted he wasn't thrilled with some of Irving's ways, said he likes players who are available, which Kyrie often is not. Opening day at Wimbledon, defending champ always first on center court. Novak Djokovic won in four sets. Rafael Nadal plays this morning, and at noon, it's the return of Serena Williams. Now 40 years old, winner of seven Wimbledon. She's back after tearing her hamstring a year ago. Marlon Briscoe has died. He was 76, and in 1968, he was the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, the first African-American starting QB in pro football history. Later moved to wide receiver. He won two Super Bowls with the Dolphins. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thank you. S&P futures are higher by 27 points. Dow futures up 218. NASDAQ futures higher by 82 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 430 seconds. The yield, 3.21%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Pretty nice. Sunshine today with a high near 80. Mid-80s tomorrow. Hotter for Thursday could hit 90 degrees. Right now, clouds 67 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are rising after China softened its strict COVID protocols, easing investor concerns about global growth. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, right now S&P futures are up 24 points. Dow futures up 194. And NASDAQ futures up 73. And the DAX in Germany is up 1%. The 10-year Treasury down 430 seconds. Yield 3.21%. The yield on the two-year, 3.12%. NYMEX crude oil is up one and a quarter percent of $1.36. Seven at $110.93 a barrel. COMEX gold up two tenths percent or $3.20 at $18.28 an ounce. The euro 1.0589 against the dollar. British pound 1.2276. The yen at 135.77. And looking at Bitcoin this morning up more than 1.1% at $21,140. Today we are watching for reports on wholesale inventories at 8.30 Wall Street time. At 9 it's two reports on home prices then at 10 consumer confidence. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. The January 6th House panel investigating the U.S. Capitol riot is holding a surprise hearing today with an unidentified witness. The last-minute proceedings are being cloaked in secrecy, raising expectations for new bombshells in the sweeping investigation. Rescuers are searching through charred rubble of a shopping mall for more victims of a Russian missile strike that has killed at least 18 and wounded scores of others in a Ukrainian city. The U.N. Security Council scheduled an emergency meeting today to discuss the attack. In baseball, the Yankees won along with the Nationals and Orioles. The Red Sox lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we want to get more now on our top story, the one that's 
Adding to some of the positive sentiment in markets this morning, a potentially significant shift to China's COVID zero policy. Enda Curran, our chief Asia economics correspondent for Bloomberg News, joins us live from Hong Kong with more on this story. Enda, good morning. Uh, as we've been reporting, China is cutting quarantine times in half for inbound travelers. How significant is this? Quite significant, Nathan, at least, uh, you know, symbolically at least. So it's going from 14 days on arrival to seven days plus three at at home. Uh, now, the authorities say they're doing this because, A, they have the uh, virus under control in China. I think there were 20-odd cases accounted for nationwide today. That's number one. Number two, they say the Omicron variant, the incubation period is shorter. So you don't need as long as quarantine to see how it's developing. And then number three, they say they've already conducted some trials on this uh, and, and that they think they can pull this off with this seven-day plus three quarantine for international arrivals. They are also changing up the internal quarantine quarantine system. Uh, there is a myriad of rules at the moment for moving from city to city or moving from province to province in China. So look, there will be some changes there. And they're even testing up the, uh, the testing on arrival requirements as well. So all told, it's, uh, it's the biggest step yet by China on relaxing their COVID zero approach. However, the authorities are saying they're not, they're not deviating from their overall goal of suppressing the virus. They're just saying the uh, new scientific evidence is allowing them to make these changes. Yeah, not to throw too much cold water on this, and uh, but it is still a pretty significant quarantine period compared to what the rest of the world is doing. Most, most of the rest of the world isn't doing COVID zero anymore. And China's been known in the past to ratchet up restrictions again if the pandemic rears its head. So what's the possibility that that could happen again, that, that China could go back to tightening things up? Exactly right. I mean, there is an element of Stockholm syndrome here when you go back from at one point it was 21 days quarantine for both China and Hong Kong. It was down to 14. You welcome that. Now it's down to seven. It seems like progress. Uh, the chambers of commerce are welcoming it for now. They're saying it will make things a little bit easier uh, to get in and out. Uh, but to your point, Nathan, there is no doubt that at the same time as the authorities deliver this message, they are doubling down on this idea of COVID zero. They're not loosening up. They're not letting go. And, uh, you know, the, as, as, with the Omicron variant as contagious and transmissible as it is, obviously it's going to be a running battle to keep it under control. So there will be ongoing concerns over, uh, you know, if not restrictions on the ground and outright lockdowns on the ground. And, of course, the potential for perhaps harsher curves in terms of uh, international pressures on arrival. The other point, of course, is that even though they are bringing down the quarantine, uh, you know, China is still being serviced by a rock-bottom number of flights, a rock-bottom number of airlines. The capacity isn't there. So even those who are willing to make the trip down to China, either into or out of China, to do business there, um, you know, they still have to go over the hurdle of getting airlines that can actually get them there, given the low capacity that's on, that's on offer. So it's a headline development. It's a big, it is a material development, must be said. But to your point, the officials are also being careful to say that they're not deviating from COVID zero. That remains their central policy when it comes to containing the virus. Now, we've seen some of the toll that the COVID zero policy has taken, particularly with the weeks-long shutdowns we saw in Shanghai and other major cities in China. What is the toll that COVID zero has taken on the Chinese economy? Well, it sent the economy into a tailspin 
uh, through the early part of this year. Now, Nathan, let's not forget, of course, COVID zero for 2020 and 2021 allowed China's economy to have a V-shaped rebound and exporters boomed and consumers were able to regain some of their confidence. So it worked in 2021. This year, COVID zero didn't necessarily work because the Omicron really tested it to its limits. It forced those big lockdowns, especially of Shanghai, and at the very least, it forced all manner of restrictions and mass testing around the rest of the country that disrupted everything from people's consumer spending patterns through to uh, manufacturing and production and the shipments from the port. So the end result was people are saying that the second quarter, in the second quarter, the economy may have contracted compared to the previous quarter. The end result is Bloomberg Economics talking about annual growth maybe of three-odd percent this year. That's a long way from the government's growth target of 5.5%. And remember, it's very unusual for China to miss the growth target, not least based on that kind of a margin. Uh, and also, even though Shanghai's lockdown has been lifted now and a lot of the restrictions are easing, there's still a sense of wariness and caution both among businesses and consumers. Yeah. Our colleagues report it every day. There's still a hole in the economy that needs to be filled. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Enda Curran, our chief Asian economics correspondent for Bloomberg News. Thanks for this, giving us more context into this uh, headline move out of China that quarantines are being cut in half for inbound travelers uh, from 14 days to seven days in quarantine centers and another three days at home. Right now, futures moving higher. S&P futures up 22 points. Dow futures up 187. NASDAQ futures are higher by 70 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, lots of sunshine today with a high near 80 degrees. We'll be in the mid-80s tomorrow. By Thursday, it's going to get hot. High near 90. Right now, 67 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with a lift in stocks coming after China made a major shift in its COVID-19 policy. It cut its quarantine period to 10 days from three weeks for inbound visitors. Bloomberg senior executive editor John Liu in Beijing outlines the reasons for the move. The caseload has come down substantially. The other thing is the economy has obviously been pummeled. Last week we had President Xi Jinping coming out and saying that the government is going to do what it can to hit this year's growth target. If the government is vowing and if it's willing to take steps like this, it's possible we might get closer to 5.5% than previously thought. And Bloomberg's John Liu says the Asian equity index erased losses to climb for a fourth session. Yeah, we're watching futures get a boost as well, Karen. Yesterday, stocks started the week on a losing note. Riverfront Investment Group Chief Investment Strategist Chris Constantino says with the outlook remaining unclear, investors should put their money in safe assets. We think that clipping coupons in the form of, you know, dividend yields from safe, high quality, high cash flow type equities, as well as certain parts of the fixed income world, those types of instruments are really going to be an investor's best friend, we think, for the next few years. Chris Constantinos of Riverfront Investment Group says the macroeconomic environment in the U.S. and globally remains uncertain. 
Well, turning to retail now, Nathan, shares of Nike down 2.7% in early trading. Yesterday, the sportswear company offered a downbeat full-year forecast for gross margin. Overseas, the European Central Bank's annual forum is underway in Centro, Portugal. ECB President Christine Lagarde addressed interest rates and inflation in her keynote speech. In response to the changing inflation outlook, we have consistently followed the path of policy normalization since December last year, sequentially adjusting our policy stance. ECB President Christine Lagarde says inflation in Europe is expected to remain undesirably high in the foreseeable future. Well, President Biden is on his way to Madrid, Nathan, for a three-day NATO summit with a group of seven gathering coming close to a close. Rather, G7 leaders accused Russia of committing a war crime with an attack on a Ukrainian shopping mall that left 18 people dead. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky also condemned the attack. And back here at home, Karen, the January 6th committee has added an additional hearing today. Sources say it will center on information and footage from documentary filmmaker Alex Holder. Futures this morning on the rise. S&P futures up 24 points. Dow futures up 194. NASDAQ futures up 74. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 533 on Wall Street, 66 degrees in Central Park. And we got an accident on the northbound New York State Thruway exit 14A. Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. Today marks the first election since the Supreme Court revoked a woman's constitutional right to an abortion. It's a top issue in multiple races and primaries in seven states, including New York. Governor Kathy Hochul faces Tom Swasey and Jumani Williams for the Democratic gubernatorial nomination. Rob Astorino, Andrew Giuliani, Harry Wilson, and Lee Zeldin are running for the GOP nomination for governor. A judge has blocked New York City from letting non-citizens vote for mayor and other municipal offices. The judge agreed with Republicans who challenged the measure as unconstitutional. A federal court in Louisiana temporarily blocked the state from enforcing its abortion ban. Louisiana is one of 13 states with trigger laws that took effect when the Supreme Court overturned the federal right to an abortion. Abortion clinics there immediately sued to stop Louisiana's ban, saying it lacks safeguards to prevent the state from arbitrarily enforcing it. Police say 46 people were found dead in a semi-trailer parked in San Antonio, Texas, likely victims of heat strokes. Another 16 victims, all believed to be migrants, were hospitalized. San Antonio Mayor Ron Nirenberg. We are dealing with a horrific human tragedy, so I would urge you all to think compassionately and pray for the deceased, the ailing, the families. Mayor Nirenberg, three people have been taken into custody. Three people are dead after an Amtrak train hit a dump truck and derailed in rural Missouri between Kansas and St. Louis. This man was a passenger on board. The thing that's going to stick with me the most is the smell of just the, the train, the grinding of the metal and everything. NTSB investigators will be on the accident scene today. Ghislaine Maxwell will be sentenced today in New York for helping the wealthy financier Jeffrey Epstein sexually abuse underage girls. The prosecution says Epstein and Maxwell groomed vulnerable girls and then exploited them. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 
535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stenshaw. All right, Nathan, the Yankees' 54th win of the year, 32nd at home, and it was their 23rd come-from-behind victory. In fact, in each of the Yanks' last four wins, they trailed by at least three runs. They were down by four as the lowly Oakland A's scored five times in the third inning, but the Yanks put up six in the seventh. The first run was scored with a walk, a catcher's interference call, a hit-by-pitch, and then another catcher's interference. Josh Donaldson, Jose Trevino with two on doubles. Yanks beat the A's 9-5. to Mets back home tonight to play the Astros. NBA free agency comes next week. Kyrie Irving will not be one. He's opting in with the Nets. He'll make $37 million, can be a free agent next year. We'll see if the Nets still try to trade him. They like Irving, the player, but maybe not as thrilled with some of the baggage that comes with him. John Wall, a one-time All-Star guard who hasn't played much lately due to injury, said to be headed to the L.A. Clippers. Deshaun Watson has a hearing today before the former judge who will decide if he's to be suspended by the NFL for sexual misconduct with numerous women. A year ago at Wimbledon, Serena Williams hurt her hamstring in the opening round. It wasn't known if she'd play again, but the now 40-year-old seven-time Wimbledon champ will be on center court today. I didn't retire. I just needed to heal physically, mentally. Um, and, yeah, I just I had no plans, to be honest. I just didn't know when I would come back. I didn't know how I would come back. And um, it just, you know, obviously Wimbledon is such a great place to be. And it just kind of worked out. We're chasing a 24th Grand Slam title with the tie the all-time record. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. Manhattan's hot real estate market is starting to cool as sales boomed from late 2020 through early 2022. Potential buyers jumped in before prices rose further. But now some buyers are putting their hunt on hold. Other consumers who are continuing to look are starting to become pickier about price. New York's MTA is working on reducing the cost to insure construction work. Going out to bid for insurance, MTA shows firms its safety practices and ability to avoid accidents. The agency estimates it'll save between 60 and $95 million in the next 12 months by securing cost-saving coverage known as owner-controlled insurance. Lifeguard shortages are making it tough to open some swim areas safely. As of Monday, the job website Indeed.com listed more than 1,400 available positions in New Jersey for lifeguards. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thank you, Ed. It's 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about JetBlue once again boosting its takeover offer for Spirit Airlines to counter rival Frontier. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that your 4th of July barbecue is going to be a lot more expensive this year. I'm Caroline Hepp from Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on the ECB President Christine Lagarde's speech to a meeting of central bankers in Portugal. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting Michigan's governor and Republican lawmakers have shelved potential tax cuts until later this year. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. Echoes of the 1970s and early 1980s are impossible to ignore in the U.K. at the moment. 
On top of supply-side shocks, sputtering growth, unsustainable public finances, and soaring prices, labor unrest has also been staging a comeback. Last week, strikes shut down the country's railway system and brought the London Underground to a halt. Other unions are planning strikes of their own in a threatened summer of discontent. Unfortunately, the rail strikes might be just the beginning. Pay deals offering less than the rate of inflation are expected for teachers, local government staff, doctors and nurses in the National Health Service, and others. In these and other negotiations, the government should strive to be fair. But before public workers set about bringing on the next recession, they should remember the 1970s and ask themselves whether a hobbled economy would really serve their long-term interests. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPN Go. S&P futures are higher this morning by 18 points. Dow futures up 156. NASDAQ futures on the rise by 52 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 8.30 seconds. The yield... 3.23%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Sunshine today and a high near 80 degrees. We'll be in the mid-80s with a sunny sky tomorrow. More sunshine Thursday and more heat going up to near 90. Right now, 66 in Central Park. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks on the rise after China softened its strict COVID protocols, easing investor concerns about global growth. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 17 points. Dow futures up 151. And NASDAQ futures up 44. The DAX in Germany is up about six-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds, yield 3.23 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.13 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up one and a third percent, up $1.47 at $111.05 a barrel. Comex gold up a tenth of a percent of a dollar eighty at eighteen twenty six sixty an ounce. The euro one point oh five eight four against the dollar. British pound one point two two six zero and the yen one thirty five point nine six. And looking at Bitcoin this morning up seven tenths percent at twenty one thousand fifty dollars. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Mystery surrounds a surprise January 6th hearing that will take place this afternoon. The committee says the hearing will present recently obtained evidence raising the expectations of new bombshells. Rescuers are searching through charred rubble of a shopping mall for more victims of a Russian missile strike that has killed at least 18 and wounded scores of others in a Ukrainian city. Many of the more than 1,000 people inside managed to escape. The U.N. Security Council scheduled an emergency meeting today to discuss the attack. In baseball, the Yankees won along with the Nationals and Orioles. The Red Sox lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. We're coming up to 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak on a positive morning for equity investors. We're joined live 
by Matt Maley, Chief Market Strategist at Miller Tabak. Matt, it's always good to speak with you. And we are seeing uh, sentiment get a lift on this news out of China that they're uh, cutting their quarantine period in half for inbound travelers. Is this the kind of move that could give stocks a broader lift? Well, it's certainly good news and something that at least over the near term is going to be helpful. I mean, and we have, you know, we have the end of the quarter coming up on Thursday. We have some technical momentum indicators showing that the market uh, uh, could or even should rally a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, it's, it gives us some upside on a near term basis. I'm not so sure if it's going to help us on a intermediate and long term basis though. What makes you say that? Well, mostly is, you know, we're coming to this earnings season, uh, and that starts uh, after the, you know, the holiday here, the 4th of July weekend, uh, really start the week after that in, in, a, in a bigger way. And it's just that, uh, you know, something I've been saying for months, uh, that, that, you know, with the big cuts that we've seen in GDP uh, growth forecasts, uh, since uh, the fourth quarter of last year, I mean, almost been cut in half. Uh, these earnings forecasts are way ahead of themselves. I mean, more and more people are starting to say that now. And, uh, uh, that means that the market, uh, you know, some people saying the market's starting to get more fairly valued. Well, if the E part of the PE ratio has to come down, that means that uh, we haven't reached for fair value yet. And that's, uh, I think makes this, uh, the, the market vulnerable uh, over uh, the summer months. Now, we've heard from a number of strategists now uh, that sort of share your view that uh, earnings expectations are getting ahead of themselves. Uh, talk a little bit more about what makes you think that, why uh, earnings expectations might not be as rosy as many companies are saying. Well, I mean, you know, again, this is something I've been saying since, gosh, you know, almost the beginning of the year. Uh, but number one is, is that, uh, again, as I talked about these growth issues, if the growth is, is falling, uh, economic growth is falling that much, earnings, uh, it's all but impossible for earnings to stay higher. But the biggest thing, of course, is all these big rise, uh, rate, uh, 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 rise in costs. I mean, inflation. I mean, it's, it's hurting their margins. That's the biggest thing. Uh, yeah, we're starting to see oil come down a little bit. Uh, well, of course, it's bounced back. And some other commodities. But most of those are only coming down because they've become incredibly overbought. Yes, some of it is that the economy's starting to slow a little bit. But I guess my point is a lot of these input costs are going to remain high, even if they come down a little bit. That hurts margins. That hurts earnings. And uh, that's, you know, that's the main reason why I see that they're going to have to come in. What's your inflation outlook? Do you think we've reached peak inflation here, or could we see prices go even uh, higher from here? Well, they could, but I guess one of the things is that I worry that too many people are saying that because we've reached peak inflation, therefore we don't have to worry about it at all. And 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 I, that's I don't think it's the case at all. Uh, we have, you know, I've, I've been saying for a while that I, I do believe that you know peak inflation will come this summer, but when it comes back down, it's still going to plateau at a level uh, that is much higher than than anything we've seen for 40 years. Uh, and that's again going to create problems for earnings and for uh, and for and the biggest thing is that the the two biggest costs on essentials, uh, as long as the, uh, the war of attrition continues in Ukraine, uh, food and energy is going to remain high. If those essentials remain high, it gives us less, uh, gives the consumer less money to spend on other on other things. So, are you expecting that the Fed isn't necessarily locked in on more aggressive rate hikes in the next couple of months? Here, or are you thinking the Fed's going to be more nimble than uh, many investors are expecting at this point? I think that's, you know, again, I think that's a bit of a mistake. It has become the kind of the, the narrative right now, right, right now. But, uh, people are, are just assuming because the, because the, the, uh, economy will slow, uh, and earnings will come down that the Fed will, 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 uh, hold, pull back on their tightening. The Fed is, and they've said emphatically, they're going to 
fight inflation. And inflation, like I said, is going to remain high even if it comes down a little bit. This is, I mean, they're doing what Paul Volcker did 40 years ago. And even though the economy is slowing down, they're not going to pivot unless we see a severe slowdown in growth or some some sort of, uh, you know, financial crisis of uh, of one uh, way or another. Without that, I think they keep interest rates high, fight inflation, which makes it painful for the markets. But uh, in the long run, it's actually the right thing to do. All right. Always good to get your insights, Matt. Thanks again for being with us this morning. Matt Maley, the chief market strategist at Miller Tayback. Karen. Well, Nathan, it is 553 on Wall Street. It's time for the Bloomberg Law Report. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Jack Daniels filed a lawsuit in Tennessee federal court claiming that the maker of Jack's hard cider infringed numerous federally registered trademarks for the name Jack and failed to uphold a 2013 agreement over the names. GQ Solutions, a California-based auto warranty company, is facing a federal lawsuit for placing robocalls to consumers without their consent, and the Justice Department has seized six websites. The sites are accused of illegally distributing copyrighted music. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching. The Supreme Court ruled Monday that a public high school football coach who knelt down and prayed on the 50-yard line after games surrounded by players was protected by constitutional religion and speech rights. The case forced the justices to wrestle with how to balance the religious and free speech rights of teachers and coaches with the rights of students not to feel pressured into participating in religious practices. The vote was 6-3 to three down ideological lines in the decision that buttresses religious rights. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Caroline Malacorbin, a professor at the University of Miami Law School. You know, we've been talking for days about the abortion decision, contravening precedent. Did this case actually contravene precedent? Or we yes. just Dobbs, the abortion case, was very explicit that it was overruling precedent. And it stated that right in the decision. This case does what the Supreme Court usually does when it changes the law, is that it changes the law without acknowledging the fact that it's changing the law. But the existing law prior to this decision is that school-sponsored prayers violate the Establishment Clause. That has always been the rule. So whether it was the teacher giving a prayer, whether they invited someone to give a prayer, whether they had a school program that they approved of where a student gave a prayer, Like, again, regularly, school prayer violated the Establishment Clause. And this case said school prayer does not violate the Establishment Clause, even though it was a school teacher, coach. It's like the school itself was giving a prayer. Here they're trying to finesse it by saying, no, 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 no. Granted, it was a school teacher, but he wasn't acting in his official capacity. He was acting in his private capacity. So they're trying to wiggle around this very clear rule that the school may not pray by saying, well, granted, he was paid by the school and working at the school and, you know, at his job at the school, but he wasn't acting as the school when he prayed. Does this open the door to either more religious expression in public or more religious expression at schools? It will open the floodgates to religious expression at school. As it happens, public schools already regularly flout establishment clause limits. 
about religion in schools. But now the Supreme Court has issued the invitation to public schools to push it even more because they've made clear that they are not going to find Establishment Clause violations in school, even when you have a school teacher pray at a school event. And that's Caroline Mala-Corbin, a professor at the University of Miami Law School, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLawGo. Right now, 60, uh, right now, taking a look at futures. Futures are moving higher this morning. S&P futures up 18 points, Dow futures up 155, and NASDAQ futures up 47. The 10-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds, yield 3.23%, and the yield on the two-year, 3.13%. And NYMEX crude oil is up 1.6%. And our top stories all straight ahead as Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Brought to you by Sherm, a better workplace, a better world.